Hello everybody and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime and we are reading The Rainbow Garden by Patricia Sanjan with permission of Moody Publishing Company and we are reading Chapter 7 Through the Open Window We had a week of sunshine after the snow and spring arrived with a rush Every day we hurried home from school flung down our school books gobbled down our tea and went off to the hill to play Mrs. Owen had a great difficulty making us do our homework the Owen children skipped and ran because they liked it, and I ran behind them because I had nothing else to do. Yet I was beginning to change. My garden had taught me the beauty and the magic of the country, and scatterbrained Janet and sturdy Peter were beginning to teach me that life was more fun if you thought of other people as well as yourself. I knew now that the Bible was not just a dreary book for grown-ups. It was about Jesus, who spent his life making sad people happy and bad people good. Sometimes I wished I could go, could come to him, but I did not know how, and I was much too shy to ask. Perhaps, strangest of all, I now really wanted to be like the other children and no longer thought them stupid. Yet, although they tried to be patient, I knew quite well they thought me stupid. My fear of cows and my slowness in climbing trees, my ignorance and the time I took getting over a gate amazed them. I was so slow and clumsy. At the end of March, Peter's class was taking a day's trip by coach to the Natural History Museum in Liverpool. It was pouring when he came home and we were all indoors. Peter burst in on us, dripping and joyful. Mommy cried, I've had a brilliant idea. I'm going to start a natural, a natural history museum here in the house. Are you, darling, replied Mrs. Owen, carrying on with what she was doing. Have you had a lovely time? And have you changed your shoes? Peter flung wet arms around his mother's neck. Mommy shouted, I'm serious. We need a room and dozens of jam jars. Could we have the ones in the kitchen cupboard and clean out the cabinet, uh, the attic? <laughs> but I need them for bottling fruit, replied Mrs. Owen. And where would we put the things from the attic? Now change your shoes and get out of that wet coat and we'll talk about it at supper. We want to hear all about the museum. We did hear all about the museum. We heard about nothing else and talked of nothing else for days and days and days. We cleared all the things in the attic over to one end, leaving half of the room clear, and Peter put up shelves. Then one rainy Saturday afternoon, a very important meeting was announced in the living room. Peter stood on a box with his hand raised for silence. We shall have sections and departments in this museum, he announced grandly. There'll be egg, a bird's egg section and the wildflower section and the shell section and the skeleton section and fossils and butterflies and anything else interesting anyone can collect. We can work in teams, two and two and... I'll go with Peter, shout, yelled Johnny, flinging himself at the box and upsetting the speaker. Me and Jan, shouted Francis, clutching his sister's skirt. And Peter and Janet looked at each other. If Elaine took the little ones, Jan and I could go together. But the little ones burst into tears, and I felt angry too. Nobody wanted me. The little ones wanted the big ones, and the big ones wanted each other. I flushed red with loneliness and hurt and marched to the door. I'll not have anything to do with this silly old museum, I shouted. It's just for babies. It's for a baby's game, and I'm sick of it. I slammed the door behind me, and seizing my coat, I ran into the garden. I heard Janet come out and call after me, but I didn't stop. Tears of self-pity were running down my cheeks, and I wanted to get away from them. Oh, I hated them. The rain had nearly stopped, and everything smelled of wet earth and fresh growth. 
I had not been in my garden for over a week, and there was no time with this silly museum craze. But I would go now quickly before all the children came tumbling out of the house and saw me. I was up the hill and over the wall in a few minutes, and once again the peace of the place seemed to cast a spell over me. My stormy little heart became quieter, for wonderful things had happened in the garden. An almond tree was covered with pink blossoms, and dandelion flowered in a yellow ring around its roots. The birds sang here as they sang nowhere else. The seeds I had planted on my rockery were beginning to sprout bravely, and a little honeysuckle tendrils were creeping against the stone walls. I explored every nook and cranny, and I did not know what all the things were, but I stood looking at them wonderly. As I did, a brown bird with a white speckled breast darted from the lilac bush beside me and made me jump. And then suddenly I drew my breath, for the hours spent with Peter and Janet had taught me that birds darting in and out of bushes sometimes meant nest. Surely I wouldn't find a nest on my own. With a hand that almost trembled, I parted the boughs and peeked in. There was a nest, carefully woven from twigs and moss and mud, and down at the bottom of it lay two tur turquoise eggs spotted with black markings. I looked and looked, holding my breath, all my temper, all forgotten. How could I have thought nests so boring and stupid? Now that I have found one myself, I knew they were most precious, beautiful things in the world. Of course, Peter and Janet would want to see it if I told them, but I wasn't going to tell them. It was my secret, and I wasn't going to share it with anyone. Then as I sat watching, the thrush with his speckled breast started singing from the top of the almond tree. I imagined it looking straight at me. It's our own secret, sang the birds, you and me, me and you, and we'll keep it together, me and you, fullness of joy. I laughed out loud and then sat down quietly on a stone to wait for the bird's return. I stared at the da daffodils and the clumps of primrose against the house. If only I could stay here forever, where I felt good and happy. If only I didn't have to go back to those hateful children who didn't want me. Tears of self-pity ran down my cheeks again in the thought of them, and I suddenly found myself longing for my mother, my pretty, careless mother, who had never seemed to want me very much either. In fact, no one really wanted me, and all my life I would be lonely and unhappy, and I felt so terribly sorry for myself that I forgot all about the bird and just stared in front of me. And then suddenly I noticed something so interesting that I forgot to feel sorry for myself and got up to investigate. I ran towards the house to see better. One of the locked windows on the ground floor had been broken and opened and the curtains taken away. Where I had only peeked before, I could now see right in and everything was different. The chest of drawers was opened and things were spilled all over the floor. It looked as though someone had been searching for something in a great hurry. But what caught my attention most of all was something I had not been able to see when the curtains were drawn. It was a china cabinet in the corner, full of beautiful shells. I longed to see them more closely and then suddenly realized that there was nothing better between me and them. The window was open at the bottom and I only had to give a little jump and a pull and I'd be inside. What if someone found me? That would never do. With a pounding heart, I tiptoed around the house peeping into the other ground floor windows, but they were all locked as before, with the blinds pulled down. I tried the back door and the front. They were locked. Cobwebs across the cracks. No one had been in, and the gate was locked. I was safe to do as I pleased, and yet I did not feel safe. The garden suddenly seemed lonely. 
Very cautiously and with, with many backward glances, I pulled myself up and planted my muddy shoes on the sill. Then I gave myself a jump and landed with a frightening thud on the, whole, the boards. Picking myself up, I tiptoed up to the glass cabinet and opened it, fascinated by the shells. I put up my hand and picked them up, one by one, and turned them over. They were rare foreign shells and corals, but I did not know that. There was one not quite so big as the others, which seemed a different color every way I turned it. I laid it down and tiptoed into the dark passage. I stood listening for some, for some time, and then, getting bolder, I crept up the stairs. I was going to explore. And tomorrow we're reading Chapter 8, The Rainbow Shell. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.